listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 91 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. It's the homie Garage Guy Chase joined with Drew Dean. Tonight on the show, we have a special show for you guys because we recently just wrapped up the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Pro League. Second year, by the way. So uh, me and Drew are going to be talking a little bit about our teams and some of the other teams in the draft. Um, Also, got some NASCAR to talk about once that's out of the way. And then we are going to do a little Hard Knocks recap. So, got an awesome show plan. Show's brought to you by Roto Baller. Get over to rotoballer.com right now. Check out the NASCAR premium content. Uh, you can use promo code GARAGE and get a discount on that subscription. Got amazing content from myself, Sean Ingle, Scott Ingle, and Dan Dobish. So, check that out. Make some stuff happen for your fantasy NASCAR. And don't forget about Garage Guys Patreon. Uh, so podcast is now sponsored by our own Patreon page, Drew. We're sponsoring our own stuff now. But yeah, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Get over there right now. There are four tiers you can subscribe to. The cheapest being $3. I know you have $3 that you can spare per month. You'll get blog posts from me and Drew. And then we have our NASCAR DFS, uh, Fantasy Football, DFS, NFL DFS. Um, And then we also have the total package where you get all the stuff that we're releasing. So we've got a lot of crazy cool content that's going to be coming out there. Get over to Patreon.com. Get on a tier. Join the Garage fam. Love the shit out of you. So let's roll, Drew. uh, Currently, have you been watching uh, any preseason football? Yeah, I was about to say when you introduced me there, I'm excited to watch a little Cardinals versus Raiders preseason action and watch the battle of the backup quarterbacks of the Oakland Raiders. Got Eric Glennon versus uh, Nathan Peterman, so fired up for this Thursday night. Yeah, always good to see uh, to see Beaker out there on on any field. Um, <laughs> really, really love that guy. So I don't think a lot of people got that. I, I sent out a tweet the other day. I was like, RT, if you love Mike Glennon, and I just had a picture of Beaker from the Muppets. I just I don't know. He just the, the there's so much resemblance there, but uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of preseason action happening with them. I know that uh, on Hard Knocks he wasn't actually being treated uh, the same way that the Derek Carr. I think is what you had told me. We were watching like the kind of like the way that he looks at them more like the little kids in third grade and like Derek Carr's like the high school guy with the varsity jacket on. So it's pretty funny to see that happen, especially with Glennon. Yeah, that's been one of my favorite parts in a somewhat disappointing season. Um, it's been watching him get after those two backup QBs, and then obviously, anytime you get Gruden on TV, it's it's going to be entertaining. 
So, yeah, so I feel that. So it's like before we even get into the draft, go ahead and knock hard knocks out of the way. We can talk a little hard knocks now and let, let that be done. Only couple of interesting things that I saw on this week's episode was the fact that um, John Gruden went full Satan mode in the beginning when he was just like, better fucking execution. Like, and it's just like this, you could see the spit coming out and like, you know, like the, the hell and brimstone coming out of his eyeballs. Um, there was a lot of that there. And then the, uh, the big scrap who, who doesn't love a good preseason uh, practice fight in full pads between the Rams and the Raiders. So that was the spirit of football. That was, that was like the spirit of like Goldberg, even though he's not dead and stone cold, Steve Austin were there and they formed as one and the fight broke out. So it was good times. And that was about the only things that I really enjoyed from hard knocks this week. How about you? I liked, um, going back to your Gruden comment about the opening scene. It was funny how he went from welcoming everyone to week two to then just going off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he did it like he flipped a switch. He's so got some psy- psychology shit. Like I'm telling you, like he's deep. He's deeply rooting himself in the brains of these players. Like it's almost like going to the army, but like there's coronas there and buffalo wings. Yeah, he he's definitely. This is not coincidence. He's got some strategy behind it. He's some thought behind it when he's doing that. Um, the only other point, the fight was great as well. But I like the uh, flashback to Sean McVay being a coach too. I got a coach underneath him before did you see that are you talking about beta piss boy yeah when he was on the yeah. uh, buck staff so had that to, was I, cool. yeah I, I almost forgot about that part actually so i'm not even gonna lie about that so thanks for bringing that up yeah uh beta piss boy hell of a nickname i had never heard that i don't know if it's like a, a thing that a lot of people knew or not but I had no idea that they called this dude beta piss boy. It's just, it's hilarious. Like you see this little child of Sean McVay, like he just like just left high school was the guy that like always asked if you were going to eat your role. Like he looked like that guy for some reason. I don't know. Did you ever have one of those guys at your high school drew that was just like, are you going to eat your role? Are you going to eat that? Yeah, I feel like we did. I can't put my, I can't put a name on him right now, but I definitely think everyone's had that, that guy. In yeah, high school. Sean McVay was definitely that guy. I don't know why <laughs> it is, but I just like I, I, I look at him as a youngin, and like I just I see that it's there. Big role guy, yeah. beta piss boy. Yeah, th- that scene was funny for a lot of reasons, and it was cool how they um, they showed the the buck scene and then followed it up with Sean McVay coming onto the practice field with Gruden. So that was cool. It really was, and I mean, he's like. Honestly, like when you look at Sean McVay, like you just see like little hybrid Gruden. Like I can't help but not see that. Like for some mm-hmm. reason, like he just has this, like he's like a succubus sucking off of like the energy that Gruden like expels. I don't know. Right. He's I a new like, age version, you know. There you go. Our age version. But you're right. right. I see right. some similarities. John Gruden with Twitter. Does John Gruden have a Twitter? <laughs> Um, I doubt it, but that would be I great after he finishes coaching. He needs to oh get my on God. It. Big facts, big facts. So that's hard knocks. Hopefully we'll have a better episode. We should have a better episode coming up next week uh, because the whole helmet debacle from Antonio Brown will be discussed on there. So, and he'll be back and we'll get to see him playing out there again. So it's going to be fun to watch. And like I said, watching the uh, preseason right now, it is Friday for you. You're listening to this or whatever day you're listening to this on, but this, this originally came out on Friday but it's actually Thursday. So it's a little bit of magic on how podcasts are made. 
<laughs> I don't really think that that was magic, but <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. You, I mean, you got to record it sometime, guys. But yeah, That's so right. so let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, most exciting week in fantasy football. Super pumped. The draft is over. It's out of the way. It's like the most anticipated day. Um, one ritual that I have every draft day. It doesn't matter. Like like for like, I'm a big live draft guy. I love live drafts. Like you do them locally. But with the pro league, this being the second year for Garage guys, it's it's a big deal for us, um, and for everybody that tuned in on Sleeper, uh, everybody that retweeted, everybody that is playing in the league, just want to give a big thank you to joining us in our second year as this league grows. So just super excited, super pumped, um, and it's only going to get better in time. But we moved to Sleeper. Big thanks to Sleeper for you know backing us up this season as well. So just really excited to get everything underway. But uh, getting down to the numbers um, and just, just going into it right off the bat, I mean, let's just talk about our team. So you had the fifth pick of the draft. You, you, you excited to talk a little bit about this team that you, uh, that you put together? Drew yeah, Jim? I'm pulling it up right now. Let me see here. Let me get my team up. I pulled up a mock draft instead of the actual um, Gotta love it. Draft. Yeah, I love it. Sleeper, Sleeper's gonna is is constantly progressing too. But I mean, I I love the fact like I know on the phone the way that Sleeper works. Like if you want to just a a little tip about Sleeper, if you have a league and you just want to go back and look at your draft board, all you have to do is from your main screen of your league, click on the settings tab, scroll down to draft results, and then just click on the big window that says 2019 season. Goes over how many rounds, how many minutes per pick. You just click straight on that. And then, bam, your draft board pops up. You got everything you need there. So just a quick tip on if you do draft on Sleeper of how to get to your board to show it off and flash it off your your fancy squads that you all drafted. So let's go. So uh, first pick of the draft was uh, was Adam Ronis, by the way, then followed by Scott, uh, Scott Engel, Josh Hayes, Howard Bender, and then Drew comes at five. Uh, Jordan was sixth. Uh, Dan Zimborski was seventh. Ross Boland was eighth. Mike Dempsey was ninth. Uh, I drafted in the tenth slot. Nate Hamilton drafted in the eleventh spot, and then D Brown, our pro league contest winner this year, drafted in the twelfth spot. So heading into the fifth spot, first pick off the board can't go wrong with this feller. I'll let you have the floor, Drew. So Tuesday when we got the the draft order, I was feeling a little unsure about the fifth overall pick. I uh, felt very confident that Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and um, Alvin Kamara would be drafted first. And then we have the Zeke news looming. I uh, didn't know how I felt about five. I ultimately thought I wanted to, to land on Le'Veon Bell or DeAndre Hopkins, and I ended up choosing the running back. How do you, you feel about that? You can't go wrong with Lev Bell, okay? So, like, yeah, with Zeke getting out now, like, that obviously pushes up, like, Lev and David Johnson. Because, like, David Johnson went went fourth to Howard right before you. So, seeing David go before Lev, like, shook me a little bit because I feel like Lev's going to have more production than David just because of the, everything that they're talking about in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. But um, – with Le'Veon Bell, dude, you cannot go wrong there. I don't think it's a bad move at all because everybody wants that running back in the first round. And that's just the way it's been for, like, what, the past two years now, two, maybe three years now. I can remember back to when it was, like, all about, like, wide receiver first. But that's just – that's the types of uh, – that's the, the era that we're in, man. So, no, you can't go wrong with that at all because I actually – with me having the 10th pick, 
I had to get a wide receiver this year, which is something that I haven't had to do in about two years. Um, I've been picking running back for the past two years in my leagues that I've been going in. And for the pro league, for, you know, one of the, the bigger leagues I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, well, I know at 10, I've got to grab a wide receiver. So that's why right. I went with Michael Thomas there because it was uh, Devontae was gone. Jordan took him right after you took Lev. And then Hopkins went right after Adams. And then Beckham went to Ross Bolin. Um, and then it was Zeke Elliott went at nine. So with me grabbing, like, and honestly, I didn't, I wasn't going to draft Zeke Elliott even if he fell to me there. That's just where I'm at with that stuff right now. So with me getting Michael, like, I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty confident with that pick and I'm good with that pick. Um, but going back to your team, man, like when we roll back around, um, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say when we roll back around going backwards, um, I took another wide receiver and I, you asking me about how I feel about Lev. I'm asking you, how do you feel about going double wide receiver in fantasy football nowadays? I think for your situation, you kind of were forced there by the way the everyone was picking. So if, let's see who went after you. So Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Damian Williams. Yeah, I'm happier. I would be happier having Tyree Kill than all those people. If James Conner would have fell, I would have considered him. But where you were at, I have no problems with Tyree Kill. I'm I'm high on him. Like you from a previous episode, I I, I said how high I was on him. So oh yeah, big facts. And like that, that's the only reason that I I made that call. I knew that it was going to hinder me a little bit in running backs. I knew that I was going to have to dig a little bit deeper than I wanted to this season, but I felt like I did okay coming back around. But in that second round, you did very well, and this is something I got to applaud the fuck out of you for, is picking up Joe Mixon as your RB2 behind Lev. So that automatically yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> I felt good about it. Uh, I know you I know you were high on Joe Mixon too. Um, and I just feel like the touches between Le'Veon and Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon gives me a lot to work with. A lot of touches every game. Um, I will say quickly though, just for the listeners, if I had if if Howard had taken Le'Veon Bell before David Johnson, I don't think I would have taken David Johnson. I think I would have taken DeAndre Hopkins. I'll just say that before before moving on. I'm not not too high on David Johnson. I think you agree. Yeah, I mean, like I think he's going to have a better year than last year, but. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to smash this season. So you did the right thing and you got, you got Lev. Uh, you can't complain about your first pick. And then, like I said, going back to your second pick with Joe, I mean, that's just, that's two gritty running backs right there. Like Lev, Lev Bell and Joe Mixon are gritty. They're gritty. They're gritty boys. You know what I mean? Like these, they're going to get those it, catches too. Yeah. Yeah. Big facts. Yeah, they're going to get catches. So, I'm feeling so you, good having two running backs. Yeah, you you basically got my like my dream run back uh, situation right there. So I mean, I did the I did the double uh, the double wide receiver dream. You did the double running back dream. Can't uh, can't complain at all about that in round two. And so after round two, I mean, like you went Aaron Jones at three five, and then I went going all the way down to ten. This is where it got uh, controversial. But love the Aaron Jones pick, by the way. So you got three running backs which I was like, is this guy ever going to take a wide receiver? And then you start <laughs> to realize, oh, shit, there's still a fuckload of good wide receivers. So, like, I actually, like, I don't know. Like, I don't mind the three running back technique, like, all at once. Like, because you, you, you took care of business. Like, you yeah, got we'll it out the a, way. 
yeah, we'll do a sneak peek for the for the for the listeners here. So it, it went Le'Veon, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, and then I ended up getting Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller. So I don't feel like I missed too much on receiver. I don't have that no. obvious wide receiver one, but Galladay's close. So uh, I'm happy. That automatically like made me like just going back and taking the time last night after we drafted on Wednesday and, and looking through it all made me realize like, damn, the fifth spot is actually not bad because I was under the impression that I don't want to be nowhere near the fifth spot in a 12 man. Like I had done I think some we text about it too. Didn't we? we did. We talked about this and I was just like, damn, I hate it for you dog. Like <laughs> dude, you turned this into a fucking, you, you got a unit. I ain't going to lie to you, man. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not one to just be like saying that cause I'm competing against you this year. But you got a unit. <laughs> yeah, it's not the flashiest team, but it's a it's a it's a solid team. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid unit there. Team. So I rolled back at at three ten, and this was the hardest pick for me. But I just kind of had to go with my gut on it. So I picked up David Montgomery, rookie running back for Chicago Bears in the third round. I felt like he was the best option for me on the board right there. And I mean, you know, there was other wide receivers. But I knew that if I went another wide receiver, like it was just going to hurt me even more. Like I had to go ahead and get one out the way. I knew Montgomery was going to be going soon. And I know you have your concerns along with a lot of other people about with Tariqo in there and uh, Cordero Patterson being there, even though he might not even be that big of a risk. But we talked about him. You know, so they, they got a lot of shit going on in that backfield. But watching that first preseason game, just seeing that he came out there, he had that confidence, he looked great. He's getting praise in training camp right now. I mean, I, I wasn't upset with it because last year it was the same speculation with Saquon. And I'm not saying this guy is going to be Saquon Barkley by any means. But when, when, you, when they look good and you got that good feeling, you got to go for it. And so I just had to put, put it all out there on the line and just do what I had to do with that situation. And I'm not mad at it at all. Like I actually, I'm not knocking you. I'm not knocking you for it. I like it. Yeah, I think more, it's high risk, high reward. It's just a lot of risk for a third round pick. That's, it is. If, if if Devontae Freeman would have been there, would you have taken him or would you have taken Montgomery? So I honestly had a Devonta Freeman um ready to go. Like he was he was on my uh, watch list. I did. And we, we can talk all about snipes because I, apparently I, I was sniping Nate Hamilton the entire draft. He told me I sniped him a total of like six or seven times, I believe. So, you know, it's always fun when you're doing it to someone, but when it's <laughs> happening to you. And, like, I knew because, like, I know, like, Mike, he – the way he does, like, in, in, like he the way he drafts is, is kind of different than a lot of other people that I've seen. So, I mean, he's got a really unique style to the way he drafts. So, I knew he's, he's going to go for who's the best kind of – who's the best on the board at that time. Like that, that's the way he is. I mean, that's a lot of people are that way as well, but you know, you have your people that have their guys and they, they they will go out of their way to get their guy. So, but I had, I had the different situation in front of me. Whereas after me, I feel like with Nate and, and D Brown, they were more of like, they knew who their guys were. They wanted to go for those guys. So, and right. You followed it up with a good pick, but I like your next pick. It gives you a little bit of a floor. Um, if you go, if you want to go ahead and go into, Next yeah, place. so Sony. So I wrap back around and grab Sony Michelle. Reason I like Sony Michelle is very simple. He is getting more involved in pa- in the past game, and that's the only reason why I like it. Because Sony come out last year 
you know, and he had he I wouldn't say it was like the best season ever. He had a couple of games where he did well in PPR. Like, you know, he had I think his best game that he had was uh, against Kansas City in week six. He had like 22 PPR points and it was uh, 106 yards and two touchdowns. So that was like his best game. And then but in the preseason, we saw him go ham. And so carrying that kind of play over into this year, obviously he's progressed. You know, he's going into his sophomore year. I don't think a slump's going to happen here. James White is there, and I get that. But I knew that if I was going to have somebody that has, you know, at least had a sample of something that we've seen, and I was going to go for my next guy, the best off the board for me in that position was Sony. And especially the, you know, the pass catching rumors and the what he's been doing in practice does not hurt that at all for me. Yeah, the passes will be a bonus because another thing you have there with, with Sony is the Patriots love running inside the five-yard line, and right. that's going to give you that touchdown um, opportunity with, with Sony. I think Just watch out for Rex Burkhead uh, vulturing you. That is true. Yeah, like I said, it's I've never really been one for the New England backfield, uh, but I'm invested in it this season, so I'm, I'm hoping for the best with that. You come back, and this is where you take Kenny Galladay. What can you say about that pick? Wide receiver one. Um, and then, yeah. you could, let's see. What I was going to say with Kenny, like, you know, with the whole situation there in Detroit, like, it's just he's he's the best guy on the board in that position. So that's that's how I feel about that one. I mean, are you are you spectacularly high on the guy? I mean, I mean, I know at four eight, you're looking for the best off the board. I I wouldn't say I'm spec you know super high on Galladay, but I I felt that the targets are going to be there. You can always rely on the on the lines to air air the ball out when they're trailing in the fourth quarter. Um, the tough choice was choosing between Galladay and the Rams receivers. So that was that actually was the spot. My fourth pick was the only time I took a minute and a half of the timer because I was yeah. struggling between Rams and Galladay. That has to be talked about too. So we we saw them kind of we saw two of the, you know, the best ones obviously went off and I you know, I know that people are kind of worried about the whole Cooper Cup deal and he went kind of he went later than I think he should have went in that draft. But I mean, I say that, but then again, I could have went after him, but I didn't. It's tough to, to, to attack that three wide receiver group because you know, you know, they all can't catch a tremendous amount of touchdowns. They can all do well, but it's just, it's it's a tough call to try to rank those three. Right. So Howard came after you when you took Kenny and took Robert Woods at four, nine, and then Brandon cooks went five, three to Josh Hayes. And so, I personally would have went Cooks over Woods. Um, I know you're a Woods guy, so I mean, you don't you you think that that was done the the, the correct way? It's just so slim. I, I see both sides of it, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick Woods. But Cooks has been one of the most underrated fantasy football players ever, r- relative to where he's drafted. The drafted. Drew Holiday of the NFL. Yeah, Brandon he's, Cooks. He's good. So you roll back in. And you pull the trigger on Jarvis. Love the Jarvis pick. Uh, had a tweet the other day that somebody was asking, you know, do you buy, sell, or trade Jarvis Landry? I'm 100% buy on Jarvis Landry this season. My reasoning behind it is simple. Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. David Njoku. You've got Nick Chubb in the backfield. 
there's a lot of weapons on this team, but those defenses, they know what OBJ can do. And I feel like he's going to be pulling double coverage. So with that, what does that do for Landry? Plus you have an extra year with Baker Mayfield. I agree with you, Chase. I'm, I'm thrilled to have Jarvis there, um, my wide receiver too. I think the target's going to be there. I think you're going to see a lot of catches under him running underneath routes with Odell Beckham being the deep threat. So definitely agree with all your points and think Baker Mayfield's going to going to be throwing to Jarvis quite a bit. Bomb, diddy, bomb, diddy, bombs, bombs, bombs. <laughs> Wanted to uh, – uh, quick, quick alert. Uh, so Nathan Peterman was on the field for the Raiders. Um, and they just uh, had a, a rushing touchdown. So just because Nathan Peterman was there, um, did that, he run it in? No, he didn't run it in. Um, he got my hopes up. Yeah, I know. Should we plug the shirt? Should we? Should, we should plug the shirt. Yeah, let's plug the shirt. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> it's <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so me and Drew have been talking for a hot minute about new shirt ideas because it's time that we release some new shirts on our teespring store by the way you can go to teespring.com slash garage guys podcast right now and you can check out all of our shirt selections uh, we got nascar stuff there um, we have our nfl stuff there that's going to be coming out very soon first nfl thing we're going to release is a uh, basically just like backup quarterback legends um, so this was Drew's idea. Shakira, tell him about the makeup of the shirt, Drew. Do we want to reveal that? Eh, we'll put it this way. Nathan Peterman's on it. Yeah, Peterman's on it. And um, it's going to feature a movie, a childhood favorite movie with some, um, with some backup QBs. That's all we'll say for now. Okay. So the shirt will be there. And uh, we'll get a promo code out for you guys, too, next week, so you guys can check that out. Um, but, yeah, cool new designs coming. Me and Drew are in the, in the, in the, uh, in the creative kitchen, and uh, we're cooking <laughs> like our that. asses off. That's right. Uh, and an Andrew Luck shirt, right? It's a yeah. Red Lider, a thumb, a th- Andrew Luck is a fembot. Drew has been dropping ideas like Cray. So, like, yeah, so we've got the, uh, the Andrew Luck is a fembot. So I obviously have been talking a lot about how I think Andrew Luck is a robot. Um, I'm pretty convinced of that. So we're going to have a pretty cool shirt coming out about that as, as well. So be on the lookout. That's all we're going to say. We'll release them on Twitter. So if you're listening to this right now and next couple of days before the weekend's over, maybe possibly you will see those shirts there. So getting back to the draft, uh, so after you took Jarvis Landry, um, man, <laughs> myth legend, that was a, I don't know what accent that was. I don't know. Sometimes hey, I'm here for it. You're here for it? All right. Cool. So so we know that. So Hunter Henry goes So for me. Um, I take him at 5'10". And I don't know what else to say about it. I waited on the tight end. I, I waited till 5, which, I mean, wasn't that much of a wait. But I didn't want to pass up Hunter Henry this season. I feel like that him and uh, he's going to come back in this, this year. And now that uh, it, Tyrell Williams is out of the picture, it's just going to be – and Keenan Allen – had an, an ankle injury today, so there's more speculation that uh, that he might start having those rough times. Remember when he had those really bad times? Like he just, you know, in and out a lot. Yeah, he's he's been pretty injury prone for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's had a lot of that. It's kind of why I'm just like a little shy on Keenan Allen. Um, by the way, Keenan uh, actually went at two twelve in this in the pro league, 
uh, to Mr. Adam Ronis. I just personally can't get on board with that. Um, I just it's too scary, too risky for that high. high you don't up. like Mike Williams either, do you? No, I do not. No, I mean he went in this round as well in the fifth. He went five twelve, two picks after I took Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry is going to be the you know the target to have. Man, uh, I I love him. I love the dude to death. He comes from Arkansas, just like this this guy that's just there and the production that we have seen of what he can do, like when he was healthy, like just bleeding that into and like because we all knew how much Antonio Gates and Philip Rivers had the connection. He just Philip Rivers loves that tight end spot, man. And I'm convinced of that 100%. But I like the pick. I like the pick. I do too, I like man. the offense in general. I like the old Chargers offense. So I'm a little different <laughs> from you on, on the receivers, but I think they're going to score a lot of points. And I I, I actually think if, if Melvin Gordon sits, we're going to see an uptick in the production of all the of all the receivers. Oh, huge or, uptick. Or tight ends. Yeah, yeah. So what was it? Uh, I know he didn't play 2018, but 2017, his best game that he had, um, he had a little, he had a little decline from his first year in the league. Um, but his best game that he had was 15, no, 18 fantasy points against Dallas in week 12 in 2017. And in 2016, he put up a, uh, put up a 20 burger against Denver in week six. I mean, I just, I, I don't think that production's dead. I think we have more of that to come. So I love my pick at five ten there with Hunter as my starting tight end. And then I wrap back around and this is where. I contemplated Cooper Cup, but he went ahead, and so it wasn't like I could get him. If he, if Cooper would have made it to me at six three, I would have took Cooper there. But I ended up taking Robbie Anderson. Um, Robbie Anderson with the Jets for one, the bye week worked great, you know, and for him being a flex play, I'd always can use Robbie as a good as a good flex because I mean, who wouldn't want a wide receiver one as the flex? Is is your flex? It's just. It's good shit. It's like an RB1 is your flex, which basically is what you have. So kudos to you on that. Um, but yeah, I like Ro- Robbie. <clears throat> I like Robbie a lot. I think the, the our, our sixth round for both of us, we can say we took some high upside plays, don't you think? We did. So, I mean, yours is a little more riskier than mine. Yours actually yeah. a lot more riskier than mine. Due you got Will Fuller at 6'8". I felt like it was a good place. You know, I was pretty consistent rounds one through five um, with Le'Veon, Mixon, Jones, Galladay, Landry, and I felt like it was time to take a little bit more of a risk. And I and I went with Will Fuller just because when he has played, he has been terrific with Deshaun Watson. The the obvious thing there we have to worry about is injuries. So I knew that, but took him anyway. Your next pick in round seven. Was Your one favorite. I, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was really contemplating on waiting or trying to wait, but I knew that it wasn't going to be much longer before he went. So you're happy about Jared Cook? I know that much. Um, Especially Jared, that late. Yeah, at seven five, that's really later than like uh, probably the latest I've seen him go. I've been seeing him go around five or six. So you getting Jared there was good, and I mean. Just the stuff that's coming out about Jared, man. Just you know, the AJ Klein's basically saying that like he's going to have his first thousand yard season here. Like the connection between him and Breeze is good. I'm just ready to see that good old fashioned Jimmy G esque uh, style back in New Orleans with the tight end position, man. So hopefully he can get rocking this year. He finishes the team with the uh, third most receptions. Think so. Behind Thomas and AK. I think I'm good with that. 
I think I'm yeah, I don't believe that. the other options. I'm not a big believer in the other guys, so I think he'll Jared, Jared Cook, wide receiver two. Yep. There we go. Jared Cook, wide receiver two at in round seven. Not bad. That's where you go for your twos, though. And I think I took a little bit of I don't I don't know how risky um you could say it is, but uh I went Geronimo Allison in seven ten. And a part of me, like I, it's it's weird because I've never taken him in a mock draft this season. I haven't taken him. I've never owned him, but I took him at seven ten. And I remember sitting there and just like looking and and looking at that draft board. And his name was the only one that appealed to me. And then it's like I, I remembered there was something I heard about him, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Geronimo is going to be in the slot this year. So we're seeing Geronimo take over this uh, the ran- more of the Randall Cobb role in Green Bay, and I dig that. So I think Allison's going to be able to shine a little bit more this season. I mean, obviously, it's going to take a little bit away from Devontae Adams, but I'm pretty happy Like now that I've had a night to sleep and really think about it. I like Geronimo Allison at 7-10. I think that I'm going to get some good value out of him right there. And, I mean, you know, I, I followed up with some more – you know, wide receivers getting more into the later rounds that I feel like have some pretty high upside. But I like my upside chances with Allison. Not worried about Valdez, Scantling? Not at all, dude. I, I'm really not. A lot of people are, are talking about him, but I just – I think that he was kind of going to be a come and go. Like, you remember who, – who was a come and go in ja- – like, Jacksonville had one. Um, Keelan Cole. Everybody was so, so high up on Keelan Cole because he had, like, one or two great games, and then he just kind of disappeared. I feel like Valdez Scantling is going to do that same thing. I think Allison. <laughs> that's been happening at the Jags forever. It, it has. <laughs> that's like that's that's the normal way to do things. That's why I don't even know where D.D. Westbrook went. I'm sure we'll see him somewhere around here. But uh, but I like Allison. Now my next pick. Got to talk about this one. So I had all of my hopes set on grabbing Curtis Samuel at eight three. I did. I had no idea that I was going to get sniped by Nate Hamilton here. Um, I've been excited about Curtis Samuel. Uh, there's people coming out talking about how strong he finished camp. Um, he's just been super impressive this year. He's been running up there with DJ Moore. Um, and so it's like it's he's one of those stories where it's just like kind of a no-name guy that wasn't like heavily talked about in the draft and stuff. Like I love seeing players like that come up. So. With him, I was super excited. Bam, snipe taken from me. What do I do here? I was frantic that entire two minutes, and I ended up taking Cam Newton at 8-3. I could tell. I could tell you were not comfortable with this pick. No, I was not. Um, I felt like at 8-3, like, because I knew I liked Curtis. I know I like, you know, DJ. I like DJ, but I just, whenever it was time for me to pick my players, I wasn't ready to pull the trigger on him. Um, so I figured why not go with Cam Newton? I know he's got his, his little injury deal with his shoulder. Um, but I mean, I think all that's out the way now. So I I have to kind of restore my faith and say, it's okay. You rush drafted a quarterback in round eight. You will be fine. Don't freak out. (laughs) But yeah, that's, I'll be completely honest. That's what happened with Cam Newton there, but I've got to love him. I've got to learn to love him this season. It's going to be hard. He likes to wear a lot of uh, like shit from like Kato's, but um, <laughs> you know, I just got to, got to remember like, Hey, that's your quarterback. Okay. 
if he wants to get out there and be pretty, you let him be pretty and wear his Easter bonnet hats. You do what you got to do. <laughs> you don't like the cam fashion, I'm assuming. No, I'm not a big fan of it. No. It's, a, <laughs> it's like it's like Young Thug was like a Mary Kay like representative. Like that's what Cam did. And that's your starting quarterback. That's your quarterback. That's, that's my quarterback, man. So I got a backup quarterback that might be my starting quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen yet. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but <laughs> but so you uh you come back here with Jordan Howard at at eight eight. So you're feeling confident about this Philadelphia backfield with Jordan? No, I'm a I'm avoiding. Usually, most cases I'm avoiding this backfield. But earlier we talked about me getting the, the three-headed monster there of running backs with Le'Veon, Joe Mixon, and Aaron Jones, and I felt like I was in a good spot to take a risk. And I've been reading a few things that suggest he's going to get the first crack at being the guy. Whether he, he might fail, I'm not a big Jordan, Jordan Howard you know, believer, but I felt like with him being on my bench, it was a good time to take a chance. Got you. See, I think you should have took a, t- a chance on Dante Moncrief. Um, he went eight nine to Howard Bender. I'm a huge Moncrief guy this year. Um, I was a I was a Moncrief guy last year too. I mean, when I when he went to the Jags, I was I, I literally had a team with Adam Humphreys and, and Dante Moncrief, and I called it Humphin and a Creefin. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to do like a you know a really dirty play on words, but uh, but dude, I love Moncrief in the in in his new team in Pittsburgh. He is no doubt the wide receiver too. Um, there's already great reports coming out about him with Big Ben, and they're they're making strides. Um, I think the most recent thing is uh, he had a little finger injury that he was. Is there no over. doubt that he's your wide receiver too? Is, is yeah, there, there's no doubt. Like he's the number two. Like um, I took James Washington. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's the battle. It's just him and James Washington. But like, from everything that I'm reading, from what I'm seeing, there's no doubt Moncrief is going to be that number two guy. So uh, there was like a, a little report from him, um, two highlight plays for touchdowns and team drills. Um, he did a little toe tap touchdown reception. Uh, so he had one of those. So that's always cool to read about trying to do some, uh, some, some toe drag swag and let's see. Uh, but yeah, it's, he's seen as the favorite to be the Steelers number two wide receiver behind Juju Smith Schuster. So I'm all in. And they're they're saying he's a, a middle to back end of the of the tenth round value, and he went in the eighth. So I mean, that's just pe- people just they they see in this, they watching this, they know these values that are coming out. I, I like Moncrief over Howard, but with you, you were already stacked on running back there. But I mean, having you can't go wrong having a, a RB one as a backup. So can't knock you. I like my next pick, too. That's part of the reason I didn't go receiver is I wanted to get uh, Cortland Sutton. So, Deshaun Hamilton, obviously, is going to be – do you think it's going to be the two here? What about Emmanuel? You, do you think Cortland you, – you're, you're 100% Cortland. that Cortland's a, a wide receiver one. Whether he's a one or not, I'm not sure. I just think he matches Joe Flacco. Like His role will not change. But the, the battle to me – is between Deshaun Hamilton and Emmanuel Sanders for the for the other role. Right. I don't know if it's one or two, who's one or two there, but I think Cortland Sutton's just a deep threat. He's a huge body. He's gonna get those end zone targets and Flacco Flacco kinda that's his type, right? It really is, man. I mean he likes taking those big shots down the field. And like mm-hmm. Cortland Cortland is, is good with that. So I mean he's 
that's the one reason why you got to love that. I mean, that was like when, what was it, Flacco had John Brown last season with the Ravens. So, I mean, he was all over yeah. that shit. So, I mean, you got that with Cortland. So, I mean, that's going to be obviously Flacco's favorite. So, I can't knock you there. Like, I like Deshaun. I think he went a little bit later, which is where he should go. But I think he has a lot of upside. But Cortland, uh, I don't know. Like, for me, like, Cortland's going to be like a touchdown guy. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to be catching the, you know, one, two, three, get, like having the heavy, heavy PPR numbers. But, like, for standard leagues, I, I like Cortland Sutton a lot. Right. I think he'll be a, a flex start, an occasional flex start uh, when people are on bye weeks for me, ideally. Facts. I, I got to highlight this. So in round nine, our first defense came off the board uh, to Mr. <laughs> Ross Bolin grabbing the Chicago Bears defense. Best defense in the league. Got to give you that. Uh, a little early, a little early for a defense, but uh, I we guess about the Cleveland love too. Yeah, Odell and then Nick he Chubb. He did. Yeah, he went Odell, Nick Chubb, first two picks. And then he got David Njoku as well. So there's a lot of Cleveland love for Ross this season. Josh Hayes as well. Josh Hayes has the Cleveland love. He got uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, and I think he actually drafted the Cleveland Browns defense in round 13. Yeah, that happened. So, yeah, we got some. Really? I missed that. <laughs> and. His last pick, his Mr. Nobody, um, was at sixteen ten was Rashad Higgins. So two Cleveland love guys, Josh Hayes, Ross Bolin. I can't I can't knock them though. I love I love me some Cleveland this year too. But what I love more than Cleveland is my next pick in round nine. So I was so nervous I wasn't going to get this guy. I got Carlos Hyde at 9-10. And you're probably listening to this right now saying, like, you're excited about Carlos Hyde. Fuck yeah, I'm excited about Carlos Hyde. And let me tell you why I'm excited about Carlos Hyde. I don't care what you say. Damian Williams will not be the starter for Kansas City. Carlos Hyde is going to take that job, and he is going to have one of the best damn running back seasons that he has had in his entire career this year. Kansas City makes fucking running backs. Bottom line, I got a huge value, and nobody can change my mind until that fucking season starts going until about week three or week four, depending on where he's at. That's the only thing that will change my mind. But right now, I'm on my bullshit with Carlos Hyde. Don't sleep so, on Carlos Hyde. So what's your prediction? When does he take over the, the, the lead back? Dude, I'm going to start him week one. They're playing, <laughs> they're playing Jacksonville. I don't give a fuck because I feel like it's just going to happen. It's going to like be like the middle of the game, and it's like halftime is going to hit. And Carlos is going to come in, and he's going to break off a huge-ass run. I feel it. I feel it in my damn gut. Like, it, it's, it's coming. Carlos I'm going to call you crazy for now, but when it happens, then I'm going to give you props. Is that yeah, fair? I'm going to make a T-shirt about it, and I might give it away for free. <laughs> <laughs> depending on how I'm feeling. just That's how good I feel about Carlos Hyde this year. I got that feeling about him this year. So call me crazy. Don't care. Carlos Hyde, draft him. I got him in round nine. It's worth a shot. So after that, Kyler Murray goes at 9-12. Um, don't think that that's a bad risk to take him. I literally took him in a family league that I have. And uh, I think it was like round round nine or round 10 for fun because it's an eight man league and my team is just jacked all up on like, <laughs> like uh seltzer spiked Mountain Dew. Like it's like <laughs> seltzer is like the big thing. Like it's like white claw Mountain Dew ever clear. 
That's what my team is, basically, <laughs> in that eight man. You got to like the family leagues. Yeah, you got to love them. Um, but, but, yeah, after round nine, really, I mean, just kind of wrapping up this draft, and round 10 is where I started getting, you know, just kind of a little – a little more ballsier, a little more just kind of getting some people have some upside. Um, I went Nikhil Harry at 10-3. I uh, went Deion Lewis at 11-10. John Brown at 12-3. Then I went Greg Olson at 13-10. Keep an eye out for him. And then I got my backup quarterback at 14-3, Derek Carr. Um, and I might be doing some swaps in and out depending on what happens with Cam because I feel like Derek Carr has a higher ceiling this year. At 15-10, I got the New Orleans Saints as my defense. And then I picked up Terry McLaurin as my last pick for 16-3. Um, and I got to watch a, a little bit of clips of Dwayne Haskins playing in his preseason game uh, tonight. And he looks a hell of a lot better than he did in his first preseason appearance. But I'm not – I will say that I've withdrawn a little bit on him. I'm not 100% comfortable – saying that he's going to be a starter this year after just kind of what I've seen. He's got, he's got a little little time he's going to have to put in and take care of. I'm with you on that. I think it's anybody's job right now, but I think Haskins is going to be on the bench for at least the first few weeks of the season. Big facts. I love your rookie pick at 10-8. So, I mean, kind of going through the rest of your team, like uh, Devin Singletary at 10-8, dude. This is one of my rookies I'm high, I'm the highest on just because of this situation in Buffalo. I could easily see – I mean, how many times last year do you turn on the Bills and you see LaShawn McCoy lifting off the field for the rest of the game? Yeah, Josh seems Allen like was the leading rusher last year there. Right. It seems like <laughs> – it's crazy, but it seems like McCoy is – great, great career, but coming to a close there. So, Singletary could easily be the RB1 there. And while I think – uh, Josh Allen will continue to rush the ball. I think Singletary's, especially getting in this late, is definitely a, a risk worth taking um, if you have the opportunity to. This just in, breaking news. Sorry, I have to interrupt you. Andy Isabella just caught what, what is, oh, my God. Okay, I got, I got to get the exact yardage. I think it's a 52-yard touchdown. Andy Isabella, folks, from the from from a backup – Number eight. Who's number eight on the Cardinals? Oh, my God. Doesn't really matter. Andy Isabella. Amazing fucking catch. Where did he go? I don't even know if he's on the board. Oh, oh, oh. <coughs> oh wow. Wow, they're wow, wow. They're receiving cores wide open. I don't even know who they're. Kenoff. I mean, Kenoff was the quarterback. I guess it's the third string guy. Don't yeah. even know this guy. Yeah, Hunley's the two, so that that makes sense that the th- the third guy's in the fourth quarter. That was amazing from Andy Isabella. Great. Oh, he did go. Josh Hayes got him at twelve ten. Andy Isabella, hell of a play there. You'll be you'll be seeing that one on the highlight reels. All right, I'm sorry sorry for pulling you away from so, your team. Had to talk about Isabella though. <laughs> no, you're good. It's a good point. So is it Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, and Andy Isabella? That's the three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now they got a guy that looks There's your exactly like anybody needed him. Yeah, they they have a guy that looks exactly like John Gruden talking to Andy Isabella right now. It's really strange. <laughs> a lot of John Gruden folks coming out of the the waterworks, dude. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, what's the score, by the way? Score right now: Arizona twenty, Oakland thirty-three. Fourth quarter, two minutes left. Oakland's pretty much got this game. Okay. 
right. So you all right? So gotcha. getting back on draft. So so yeah. So eleven fifteen, you went James Washington. Yep, James Washington. Just in case he beats, I guess the two job there. Jared Goff. I was thrilled to get Jared Goff this late with those weapons. I think that's a good a good value there in the twelfth round to get Goff. Um, Ito Smith, back up to Devontae Freeman. Had him a touchdown Devontae. today in preseason. Yeah. Yeah, had a touchdown today. Had a touchdown last preseason, uh, last week's game as well. So I'd like to see that. I took a little bit of a risk here with Adam Humphreys in Tennessee. I think he's going like to get that. a lot of targets. Yeah, I, like I think that. he's going to. Mariota does not like to take a lot of risk throwing the ball downfield. And I think that Humphreys could benefit from that. So that's, that's kind of my thought process on taking Humphreys in the 13th round. Then Jack Doyle. Not sure how that situation is going to work out, but he's my backup to uh, Jared Cook. Robot then, quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, I finished it up with the Dallas Cowboys defense. How do you – so we got to talk about this. I don't know if we've personally spoken about it. Why did you go Dallas? Pretty sure I went with Dallas because of the week one matchup. Week one matchup. Let me think about that. Let me see. I've been pulling Dallas in like all of my mocks. Yeah, they're playing the Giants, so that's a couple picks from Eli. Oh, big facts. So yeah, I liked the Cowboys. I did end up taking the Saints uh, for Week One against the Texans, so might not have been the best defense to take. I don't know. We'll be streaming a lot possibly this year. I I love defense, and a lot of people had you know some some questions about why we had a defense still. You know, because I did away with we did away with kickers this season. I feel like I want to keep like at least a little bit of the that traditional fantasy football feel to this league, because so many leagues are going just like all players. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I'm ready to like I'm, I was ready to get the kicker out. Like I'm cool with that. That's a lot of unpredictability. But there's predictability with defense. Like you, you kind of know what you're getting into there. So I feel like there is certain level of you know, just you, you you play your matchups. You know who's good and who's bad, and so I mean, it's it's all about the waiver wire at that end. So I I like. Are you are you cool with keeping defenses, or are you more along the lines of everybody else wanting to just go to all nothing but players, no kickers, no defenses? I'm not as picky as you know as others. I don't mind having a defense. I think if you said Drew, you need to vote on this, I would probably vote to to get rid of it. But I think the right move was definitely just getting the kickers out for now. Um, no problem with the defense. I'm pretty indifferent on keep, on keeping it versus adding another flex. Big facts. And I'm even – like I thought about the IDP deal too. I don't want to make this league per, per se IDP, but I definitely want to do an IDP this year. So I think we're going to have to we're gonna have to figure some stuff out and get some people on board to pull an IDP off. So we'll be looking at – Sounds fun. For all you guys listening right now, we'll, we'll make this a listener league. So we'll do a, a Garage Guys listener IDP league. Um, might might even turn into a vampire league. So I know I know you, but you're ready to play a vampire league. I'm ready to play a vampire league. So why not make it happen? I'm in if you are. All right, so that's it. So that's our draft. You can go to uh to the link. We have a tweet up. Um, it's a link to Sleeper. It will show you the entire draft board. We've also have a tweet up where we have the image of the entire draft board. So you can go look at that anytime at GGFS Podcast on Twitter, or you can look at it on my uh, Twitter page at Garage Guy Chase and Drew. Drew's at Drew Dean, and I know he uh, he retweeted it as well. 
switching gears over to NASCAR. Nice, cool little pun I had there. We're going to switch our gears down <laughs> into force. So uh, Michigan is done. Bristol's coming up this weekend. Big thing that went down that I was super stoked about. Roto Baller was number one this week, which means that I was number one this week. Finally got back to that number one spot. Been waiting to get back there. Pumped as fuck. Number one. Got it going. If you ain't first, you're last. I got my tweet out. Had to do my Ricky Bobby shit. Do my little dance. Pray to baby Jesus. Um, so made that happen. I was excited. I had Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, and Austin Dillon. And even though Brad Keselowski didn't do great at all, like it still allowed me to get those best numbers. I think I had three A-rated drivers. Um, not a bad week. Can't complain. And got Roto Baller into the top three overall for this season. So for me coming in as a, as a for my first year as a fantasy NASCAR analyst, I can't be more happier. All it does is make me want to win more. So now I'm just like I'm coming after Bristol this week. Like I'm in full attack mode. It's making you want to put more in the into DraftKings too, for sure. Oh, big time! And 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 and, and shout out to you too, my man. So we can't, we can't, you can't go unnoticed of what you did. So Drew actually is releasing all of his uh, NASCAR rankings on our Patreon page every week, giving you the shit you need to win, as Kenny Powers would say. Um, <laughs> literally, you can go to our Patreon page and you can get those rankings and you can win the kind of money Drew's winning. So tell us about your tournaments this week, man. Like you, you finished high up in the, up there, man. Like you have nothing to be like ashamed about it was awesome great week and we put that information out there for free for everyone i i I, I can probably count like not even enough people on my hand that probably feels dumb as shit that they didn't go check out the rankings on patreon this week yeah great week overall um chase me and you have been kind of discussing the best way to put the the content out there and i've been looking around the industry trying to figure out the best way to to give this to the garage family Ended up going with a premium ranking sheet, but I also tiered it into three or four groups. I left my strategy notes on each tier, um, all on one PDF. And I don't think that's, I don't know if I've ever seen that. So I wanted to do something unique. And then eventually if the, if the, if the people like it, we'll start adding, adding some audio to it that goes deeper into the strategy. Um, but, but you're right. Great week. I finished in eighth place on the main DraftKings tournament. So, it was a hell of a positive week. week. Yep. <laughs> We're going to do it again. So yeah, Bristol's going to be Saturday night. Excited about that. Um, some sad news that dropped in the NASCAR world today. Uh, Levine family racing will not be picking up Matthew D. Benedetto um, for next season. And this That's has got, surprising. yeah, this has got me wondering about something. So I had a theory earlier today when I saw the news. Um, I think that better team. I think Di Benedetto is gonna take Suarez's place in the forty-one for SHR. Really, that's what I'm feeling. I think if he's gonna go anywhere, it needs to be Stuart Haas Racing. Um, he's got he 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 just he feels like a I, I've met him and had a, a conversation with the guy, um, and just from the brief conversation I had, like he's very confident. Dude's one of the most confident racers out there. For him to be on a small team, and he's humble as shit too, which is a good quality to have. Um, he's dude, definitely deserving of better equipment. I think yeah. he's going to get. He's going to. There's. 
this is definitely not the end of news about him. This is something that's probably been in the works for a while. What do you say? Uh, you you would have to believe that. I mean, you start seeing like he was in the garage. Um, I think on his Instagram he had a post up where he was in front of a J, uh, JGR car, uh, the IK9 car. So I don't know if that's like a hint of something that is that could happen. Let's let me read the post real quick. It's a uh, the ultimate blast from the past. Walking into Joe Gibbs Racing today to pour my my seat insert for Road America to drive the 18 Supra in the Xfinity race. I literally can't thank IK9 USA enough for allowing me to wheel it at one of my favorite racetracks of all time. So hmm. take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about the Suarez call, but that that's possible. Who? So who would he? Who spots he taking? I'm not sure. If I he goes to JGR, um, I don't think he's going to go down to Xfinity. He's got to stay in the Cup Series. Yeah, I think he's he's going to stay in the Cup Series too. I just I can't figure out. Do you think right if now. Eric Jones doesn't win a race this season, like he could take that spot? Eric Jones has been more impressive than Suarez, so you're probably right. It's probably the best prediction to make. Suarez is literally like the one guy that I could see being booted. Uh, they're not going to boot Clint Boyer. And is plus, Kurt Busch done, or is he 100% coming back? I, I don't know. I mean, he could come back. He's He thinks he's Tom Brady sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I don't think he's – I don't think that Matt DiBenedetto is a Chip Ganassi guy. He's a Stuart Haas guy. I I can just see Matt D in a Mustang. Like I feel like it's going to be a whole new personality shift for him. Like it's going to change everything about the way that he's looked at. Plus, putting him on a big name team like that, giving him that equipment. Matt D, he he's a Ford guy. He's a Mustang guy. I'm ready to see the dude roll a Mustang. So where does Suarez go? Home. <laughs> <laughs> he Suarez needs to go down back down to Xfinity. Like he does. Like I, I, I'm sorry to say it, but you just you, you wait around for so long and you don't see anything impressive come. You got a couple of top tens. That's great. Matty Benedetto does this year in way worse equipment than you have. So <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, yeah, it, it's time, dude. It's just time to pull the trigger. Suarez doesn't ha- really have a personality. He doesn't have a brand. Matt D wants that, and you can tell that Matt D kind of wants to build that up. It would be the perfect seat for him. And you're, you're going to be working with, you know, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, uh, Tony Stewart, Eric Amarola, uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. That's, a, that's another one. That's another guy. I could see Suarez before. Uh, I would man, see Suarez before know. Amarola, too. Like, I, I would definitely say Suarez before Amarola because Suarez just came from JGR. To SHR, he has another underwhelming season. If he doesn't get a win this season, I feel like they have to pull the trigger on Matt D. There's also a lot of Christopher Bell rumors, too, so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to get spots. I don't know what's going to happen. There's not enough seats, you know? There's not, but if anybody deserves one, it's Matt Benedetto. That it dude will be is sad like, when we see his DraftKings salary start going up because he has better equipment. He's been the value play for a lot of the season. Yeah, for a while now. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 getting more onto the uh, the Hemrick train and the Busher train. 
that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of been my my sleeper guys, and uh, I'll have my sleeper article written up on Roto Baller. Uh, as you're listening to this podcast, you can also go to Roto Baller and read my sleeper picks for Bristol on Saturday. My driver picks will be released Saturday morning as well, so you'll have all that. Um, so just pumped. NASCAR season's coming to a close uh, almost, guys. We got a couple more months left, November, and that's a wrap. Um, so the the chase is about to kick up. Um, it's about to get a lot more heated out there on the racetrack. Going to be a lot more exciting. So pump the hell up to see what goes down on the asphalt as the rubber burns. As the world turns, as the rubber burns. I'm excited to the point that I almost decided to go to Bristol this weekend, but it's not going to happen. Shit, that would have been amazing. We should <laughs> like well, one of these days. We're going to pull that. Like, we're just going to go to this random fucking track. Like, like, hey, hey, what are you doing this morning? I was thinking about going to Sonoma. <laughs> like, what, how are you feeling? Like, just a <laughs> random ass track. It's just something wild like that. I don't know. All right. So before we wrap all this up, we're going to go ahead and give a little garage talk tonight. So there was a story that came across Drew, Drew's uh, Drew's tweet feed or timeline, whatever the hell you want to call it. And uh, he had told me a little bit about it, but I said, hold up, wait a minute, don't tell me all of it. I want you to read the story, like, let me hear it all, and, like, we're just going to talk about it on Garage Talk, go in completely raw. So, only got a little glimpse, cut him off, I'm going to let you go now, let's tell the story, let's talk about this. Okay, so, like you said, I, I came across this today, figured it'd be a good, a good thing to talk about and see how you react. So the, the story is a guy's going on a date, a first date, you know, there's multiple ways of doing that now, social media, dating apps. And he was worried about being ghosted. So he goes on the date, everything goes well. And he, he leaves the date. He's, he's excited, you know, probably looking forward to the next date, probably trying to get some, get some action. He then gets a text from the date and says, can you do me a favor? He responds with, yeah, what do you need? And that's, that's when the, the, the girl, I'm assuming, responds with, click on my contact, press the, the I button, which is in the top right corner, and then she says, turn on read receipts. So this is after one date, and then he posts the screenshot and just put it on, put it on blast on the internet. And says, Wait, so she just like called him out and was like, hey, turn your red receipts on. Yeah, basically so she can make sure anytime she texts him, he reads it. So he went from thinking she was thinking. And how long have they known each other? They went on one date and he went, so he went from thinking she ghosted him to thinking the date went well to getting that text message. So I thought it'd be a good, a good thing to, to bring up because that's like the ultimate red flag, right? One date and you're telling Yeah, them, like one date and you're like, hey, change your entire like lifestyle around test texting up. Like you need to, you need to turn your red receipts on so that I know that you read my shit. It's like, okay, who are you? Like, all right. So, uh, would you do that if you really like? If you really liked her, would you do it? No, I think the strategy there is you gotta, you gotta cut it off right there. You gotta run, right? You gotta run unless she's a ten, and if she's a ten, then you might stick around for one or two more uh, dates, and then you're done. You'd have to be an eleven for me. Like that's yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, so this is that it. That's all there is to the story. I'm not sure who the dude was that released the the picture, um, but I just brought up a good topic to me, like red flags that you could get from girls. The other one, yeah. other one I thought about was like if 
what would have been even funnier is if she would have said, turn on your location services and. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, murderer shit. Right, right. That's just, Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Right. No telling yeah. what this girl has gone through, but she's obviously got some some trust some trust issues. So she's she's telling him to the way she said it too is so funny. Like click on my contact, press the I, then turn on read receipts. All in three like messages. I'll say I'll say this. So when I was in college, I went on a date with a girl. Um and you know, she was she was in a sorority that was a couple houses down from from where our fraternity house was. And I remember we went to eat, we went and see him, saw a movie, we came back, you know, whatever. And then she went back to the house, went back to my house. And the next day she texts me and asked me if I could go over there and watch her dog for like three hours. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. I was like, I can't do that. She's like, well, I have no one else to do it. I'm like, uh, I have plans. Like, you you don't that's like that's like meeting somebody like i don't know like that's just like me trying somebody. to lock you up man she was trying to, to lock it up yeah like that it's just too much like i for one like i don't know what kind of dog you have is it bathed is it clean does it like wait i'm sure it was but other than that like i'm not trying to spend three hours of my life at 19 years old watching a fucking dog like you I was she would have like 20 other people she would ask before you too yeah yeah like like your family or like you're fucking the girls that live in the damn house with you. Like, I feel like it was just, it was one of those reasons. Like, yeah, when you got girls to do shit like that, like, yeah, you just got to kind of like either like get that shit in check fast or you got to run for the hills because imagine if I would have watched that dog. She might've like asked me to go like see her dead grandmother in the hospital the next day, like her dying grandmother or something like all my family's going to be here. You should come. It's like, I've known you for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like you never know what could happen. These girls, but, you can't trust these. You can't trust these hoes. <laughs> can't. That's that's definitely a red flag. I think I would have been out on the on the dog sitting after. Yeah. After, so. Would you have been in on the going to see dying grandmother? No, I would. I would have that on that one too. <laughs> I mean, you could have got uh, some free hospital food out from out from it. You know, you could always like went there. Like they have good, pretty good vending machines at hospitals. I, I can always count on you for the optimism in every situation. Yeah, I'm always going to give you that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, that, Anyways, that, I thought that was a funny story to bring up to you just because it's it's funny to see the screenshot of how it went and how he was basically, you know, at first. I got to see the link. Nervous. You got to send me the link. Send me the link. Okay. Send me the link, and I'll, I'll check it out too. Guys, that's all we got for this week. Uh, football season's <laughs> heating up. Go to Patreon. Subscribe, Garage Fam. Watching you. $3 a month. You can afford it. I promise. Um, go to Roto Baller. Check out our NASCAR picks. Check out Drew's NASCAR picks on Patreon. Win money on DFS. You got you got both Garage guys right here trying to help you win in NASCAR, but you don't want to play because you don't think it's a sport. So fuck you. Go do it. <laughs> it's um, time to build that bankroll for NFL. Exactly. Yeah, you got NFL coming up, but you, you want to get you don't want to have to sit there and go to PayPal every fucking uh, Thursday. <laughs> Sunday and Monday. You want to have that in your account already, and you can make that happen by playing Bristol this weekend. So don't slip. Make it happen. Um, again, follow me at Garage Guy Chase everywhere. You can follow people on the internet. Um, go follow Garage Guy Sports at GGFS Podcast. Drew, where can they follow you? At Drew Dean, and then we have the the Garage Guys DFS account up and running too. 
yes, Garage Guys DFS account, tweets by me, Andrew, uh, talking all things DFS and sports betting, something new that we're dabbling in. Drew's, a little, Drew's got a little Vegas in his blood, so he's ready to roll the dice. So we'll be talking a little bit about that this season as well. So lots of fun shit in store for sure. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Sports party. You want to say repeat? Repeat.